Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where the women of Marvel assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. I'm Adri Cowan. I am the social media manager here. And I'm Judy Stevens. I'm the associate producer. And we're bringing to you someone sort of from our West Coast side of the things. Um, we have with us Danielle Wolf, who is... Okay, wow. Danny Wolf. Ah! <laughs> um, why don't you sort of introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm a writer. And I write for Marvel Television, so Marvel Animation, um, a number of shows that are um, written out on the West Coast. So very excited to be in New York this weekend. Yeah, and this is our first time talking to someone on the West Coast, like about the television part of things. So it's so exciting. Um, And for anyone out there that is interested in getting involved in the industry, this is another, just another path that you can take. Um, We'd love to hear about how you got started and, and... how you became a writer for TV. Yeah, I, um, I've always been a writer. I think a lot of writers will say that. You know, I've been writing since I knew how to write. Um, and started writing screenplays and television scripts kind of on my own when I was living in Washington, D.C. a few years ago. And then applied for film school at UCLA, went to their master's program, um, which took me out to the West Coast. And uh, since I finished that program a few years ago, I've been kind of working on a number of things, a big variety, which which I love. Uh, I worked on some English language telenovelas, which were Ooh, not that do, were very interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, they worked us very hard, and uh, they did not do well, <laughs> but it was a great experience. Um, I've worked on some web stuff, um, interactive media things. I've done some punch-up on some features, and now quite a bit of um, television in the last few years. So I've been doing Marvel stuff for about the last two and a half, three years. Uh, I've worked on um, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, uh, all three seasons of Ultimate Spider-Man, and now um, two seasons of Marvel Avengers Assemble. It's awesome. So. We, we just um, made an announcement today about it, um, about it returning, um, and people are so psyched about that. Um, people love the show. Tell me, did, were you a fan of comic books or these characters before? Or did you have to do like some brushing up on the characters? Uh, I was familiar with them. I wasn't like a huge fangirl. Like, you know, there are so many people out there who kind of grew up with them and read everything. And I wasn't that. I was a big sci-fi fan as a kid. So a lot of Star Trek, Doctor Who. I was super into Doctor Who when I was like 11, 12. The old, you know, like 1980s stuff, um, which was a lot of fun. So... It took me a little bit of work to kind of get up to speed with Marvel, and it still does. I mean, every time I do a new episode, there's some new character who maybe I'm familiar with, but I have to go research the backstory just to make sure I'm, you know, um, bringing in everything I need to. So I read somewhere recently that, and I don't know how accurate this is, that there's 25,000 characters in the Marvel Universe. I feel like that's a slight exaggeration, that but there's, <laughs> I think that we have 10,000. Okay. Which is not it's a still, small number. It's still really high, so, you know, I don't think anyone can possibly be familiar with all of them, and certainly, you know, if I don't have the decades of, of knowledge that a lot of people do, it's been a little bit of work, but it's been super fun, and um, I've become a huge fan, you know, since I've really started working on the Marvel stuff. They're, you know, they're really emotional stories and really in, like very intense stories, a lot of action, a lot of excitement, but also a lot of fun, you know. Uh, that's what I love about Spider-Man and certainly the Avengers. There's a lot of humor, there's a lot of joking around, and and uh, it makes it a lot of fun to write and fun to watch. Do you have a character that you pref- that you like love writing? Um, it kind of 
bounces around, but I'll tell you my my very favorite. Um, I think because it's one of the first one of the first episodes I wrote for Marvel centered around uh, Hulk, and I I just love writing Hulk because I feel like there's so much like unexplored depth there, you know. And uh, and In just like a few words, you can say so much. Yes, exactly. And he's a lot of fun. And the guy who voices him was actually on the Marvel Television panel at Comic Con. Fred, I'm gonna mess up his last name. It's so embarrassing. Tatiscore. Um, anyway, he's fantastic, and he's he has brought this life to the character. And uh, he did some interactions with kids on the Marvel panel at Comic Con, which was a lot of fun. So, knowing that you're writing for somebody who's that talented makes it even better. What is your process from so if you write the script, do you just hand it off to the to the team and they go with it? Do you actually get to be involved with the voice acting part? Yeah. Um, I've done both, actually. Sometimes things are in such a tight schedule that the producers just kind of, you know, take things and, and run with it. But I've spent a lot of time in the in the rooms as well with the with the voice actors. Um, you know, so once we get the script ready after several drafts, uh, the actors come in and voice it, um, and they don't have anything to work off of other than the script. There's no animation at that point, point. Uh, and they're fantastic. I mean, it's amazing how how talented and how good they are with just seeing what's on the page. You know, there's a lot of action, there's a lot of physical stuff happening, and they're just reading it, and what they can bring to those voices just, you know, just just by using the, the voice as a tool is, is kind of amazing. Um, so that's always an interesting process, and it's about, it's like a three or four hour process usually to record a half hour script, because they want to make sure they get a good read, so they do two or three takes on things, and they'll bring in, you know, um, they'll do some of the sound effects. There's a lot of, you know, when someone gets punched, that has to be voiced, that kind of yeah. thing, or, or yeah. <laughs> well, and what's amazing too with Fred, um, I remember the first time I was in the room when he was when he was doing the Hulk voice, like there was something in the di- in the script that was like Hulk, you know, throws three cars and jumps off a building or whatever it was, and. He executed like a series of grunts that sounded like three distinct different cars and then a leap <laughs> off a building. <laughs> you know? it's, it's it's hard to do that. It's amazing to see it. Wow. So And you don't even think about it when you're when you're watching the no, series because no, no. it all sort of like cuz then you put it over the animation and then there's actual sound effects and then there's the score. And yeah, sometimes like voice actors I feel like don't always get the appreciation that they deserve. Definitely, yeah, definitely, they yeah. really and it's hard because you're just saying sounds in front of a room of people staring at you, telling yeah. you did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, you kind of can't have any self-conscious, you know, you can't be at all self-conscious when you're a voice actor because you, you really have to create the action through your voice. It's also different because you have to learn how to communicate without any facial expression because mm-hmm. no one's going to mm-hmm. see you, no one's going to see your gestures, so you have to just be able to emote with your voice. That, yeah, and that's it. exactly. And so I'm, I'm not very well versed about this... So they take the voice recording and mm-hmm. then they put the animation mm-hmm. over. Yeah, they, they animate to, to it. And then a lot of times they have to go back and do a little bit of additional ADR work, additional dialogue recording. So there's a line that needs to be changed or something's not quite working right or they you know, missed a sound cue or you know, a, a sound effect or something like that. They'll go back once they have the animation and bring the actor back in. Or usually do it on the same day they're recording another episode. Just spend a little bit of time re-recording a line or two to match the animation. But that's it. It's a pretty efficient process. How much time do you typically get to work on these things? Um. Well, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> the schedule's going. We do like to work last minute. Yeah, <laughs> that happens a lot. But 
uh, ideally 10 or 11 days, usually a week and a half, two weeks, to do a half hour script, which is plenty of time. And are you given sort of a rough plot that you're supposed to work with, or...? Yeah, it depends. We, we spend a lot of time in a room kind of um, doing brainstorming and plotting out the major points for an episode, or sometimes the producers or, or the head writers will have done that, you know, depends. It, each show is a little different. Um, and then we write an outline, and uh, the outline's pretty detailed. Um, you know, by the time we go to the first draft, there's, there's not a lot of decisions to be made. Um, that's often done in the outline so that that can be sort of tweaked and approved and stuff. And then once the outline, or once the first draft comes, it's about executing the outline, bringing the tone, bringing the humor, kind of fleshing out the dialogue, that sort of thing. So a lot of the writing, and this is true, I mean, not just for Marvel, but this is kind of true in general for television and um, not so much film usually, but, but a lot of television where there's a very detailed outline before the script is even started. I think animation usually works on a bit of a longer time frame than live action because the animation part takes a while. So we're often working on something, you know, writing something and then maybe look at, at um, you know, something, that the animatics or the animation or the additional voice recording for something that was written months ago because it just takes a lot longer to go through that process. Um, but it's still, you know, kind of what we're doing is often happening very quickly. Um, which is, is the case in most TV shows. A lot of them, the live action stuff will have, you know, seven or eight days of taping for an hour show, maybe a little less. You know, half an hour shows will often tape just in one day, but they'll have seven or eight days of production time between shows. And, and then it goes to editing, and it's, you know, it's a much faster process. Or something like, the, I mean, there are things like South Park, which is animated sort of, but um, in a very different process. And they will often be writing up until the very last, like the last day you know, before things go on the air, because their stuff is so timely. Yeah, it's all current. Yeah. And they also can turn out an episode in, like, 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. Which is amazing. I saw that documentary. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of amazing how they do it. Yeah. Do you, what do you do to prepare uh, for writing, say, like, a new character, a new personality Mm -hmm. you're not familiar with? Do you pick up the comics? Do you internet things? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The internet is fantastic. I don't even know how you do this before the internet, you know. Um... I mean, I just start there, and I read kind of the history of the character. There's uh, Wikipedia, of course, is great because the fans are on there just making sure it's, it's accurate and up-to-date. So, you know, I trust them to, to really be on top of that. So that's a good place to go. There's a, a Marvel wiki um, that's been useful. And then I do start looking through some of the comics and just, you know, to kind of get a sense of the, who the character is and their history and their voice and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you could never just go back to the beginning and no. figure out. <laughs> I tried doing that once, and it, it didn't work out. Well, it's also tricky. <laughs> I mean, we, we always talk about our, our universe sort of being this interesting entity, but it's, you know, it's 75-plus years of history. Right. And nothing has ever run this long, and things, you know, we've gone back in time, we've gone in the future, we've reversed time, mm-hmm. we've done all these things, and, you know, sometimes it's it's hard to pick up, but... You know, the, the wikis are the great places for that core of, like, who is this character and what does it mean? Exactly, yeah. You know, and um, maybe some quick pieces of, like, their history that you know, maybe where their costume came from or why they changed their name. Mm-hmm. Or, or what their powers are. That's always helpful, too. So I can, you know, make sure that we're really taking advantage of all that in the in the fun action scenes and stuff. Now, for somebody who wants to get involved in writing for TV mm-hmm. or even animation, what would you recommend what, what's some advice that you would give to someone as- aspiring 
writers? Um, I, you know, a lot of people go to film school. I don't think that's necessarily um, the best way for everybody. Uh, I got a lot out of it because it was very well structured. There was a lot of deadlines. It gave me a network of people in L.A. I didn't have when I moved there. Um, but it is also very expensive and time-consuming, and it's just not for everyone. So, um, you know, that's a possibility. But certainly, if, if you want to write, the most important thing to do is write. I mean, that's, that's the great thing is that no one's stopping you from, from doing what you want to do. And writing your own, you know, projects, whether that's film or TV specs or um, graphic novels or whatever it is, um, and then also, uh, it's, it can be helpful sometimes to write sample episodes of shows you're interested in. Um, you know, they, those episodes won't get produced, of course, for a, lot of, for a lot of reasons, but they're good to be able to show that you can um, write in the voice of a show. So a lot of times when people are up for a staff job or, you know, for a job writing for TV, they will be asked to show something original so that you can see that, you know, you can create characters, you can create a world but also maybe a, a sample of a, of a, a similar, a, a show that's a similar tone um, to show that you can, you can take characters that exist in a world that exists and, and write a good script that fits into that, you know, to that ethos. As not necessarily a writer, I, I mean, I've seen screenplays. Are there sort of, um, what's, what's some, some core of like what a screenplay really needs? Because they're very yeah. different than writing like, a full-on book. Oh, definitely, yeah. Or, or even like a, a script that the, the comic book writers write. They're mm -hmm. clearly writing something distinctly different. Yeah, or if there's a good source for someone to Google or to look up. Yeah. Um, screen. So screenplays and television plays are very similar. Um, and they basically, the only things that you can have on the page are things that you see and hear. So unlike if you're writing prose, if you're writing a novel, you can say, you know, well, Bob remembers the time. He, you, you can talk about what's happening inside someone's head, or you can go into long descriptions of the, you know, of the surroundings. And, uh, but with a screenplay, um, and that includes small screen and large screen, you really, you know, first of all, you have sort of a limited number of pages. For a half hour script, it's typically, the rule is sort of one page to one minute. So, you know, we try to keep it under, under 30 pages, typically. And, and Marvel scripts move a little faster, so even though it's really 21 minutes of screen time, it's about 30 pages of script. Um, so you can, you've can you got dialogue, you've got sound effects, and you've got actions, and that's it. So you can't tell us what someone's thinking. You can't tell us what happened to them five years ago that maybe you know is affecting what's happening now. It can come out in dialogue. Um, but the only things are what we see in here. So that's a tough thing, I think, for people who are making the transition from from writing st stories or novels or, you know, narrative stuff to, um, to writing, like f writing for the screen, it can be a difficult transition, but it also frees you up a lot because you have to be able to just tell the story in, in what we're seeing on the screen, and uh, you know, and that can be a really, it's a really efficient way to tell a story usually. Yeah, I always really appreciate when a screenplay can give you so much information just mm -hmm. with like a little bit of dialogue in the setting and not have to give you any background info. Just You're just in the story and you yeah. understand it. Yeah, exactly. And as far as resources, um, there, are, there are so many great like websites and stuff out there now that will, I mean, if you just Google screenplay formatting, there's a ton of places that will show you. It's a pretty simple, um, it's a pretty simple way to format stuff, but there's also a lot of message boards. There's Done Deal, which is a big one. 
Um, I used to be on Zoetrope. I think they're still around, but that's uh, Francis Ford Coppola's company, and they have a big uh, message board area for kind of aspiring writers and, you know, where people kind of share ideas and trade each other's scripts. Because that's very important, too, is to get feedback on your script. You know, um, if there's a writing group you can join or these message boards, a lot of people kind of hook up with other writers. Um, that's, so that's very helpful. Or, you know, there are, even if you're kind of a clap person who likes taking classes, like I am, um, and you're not near a place where you can get into a class, there's online classes that are, that are great that will give you feedback and kind of help you, give you deadlines too, because that's often important. Yeah. Do you need to be in California to do, to do the job? Um, it is very helpful. <laughs> not, you don't need to be there. I know a handful of people who aren't there, but there are often people who went there and established themselves first and then were able to move somewhere else and are willing to come to California frequently for meetings and, and things like that. So it's not an absolute requirement, but it is very difficult, especially to get a career started without being there, um, especially in television, where you need to be more present than... If you're writing a film script, often you can kind of go away for a couple of months and you know write and then come back. But for TV, it's, it's difficult. And it's also where the industry is and where people are. And so you know, your roommates, your friends, the people you're working with at your day job, the people at your gym or whatever, almost everyone's in the industry in, in some respect. And so, you know, once you kind of get to know those people, those are the people who are going to be moving up with you in the industry. They're, they're the assistants now. They're going to be the producers in a couple of years and the executive, you know, and so the more you can surround yourself with those people and make those people your friends and your network and um, the easier it's going to be. I mean, I think that's a consistent theme no matter who we talk to is that networking is, is so important to um, sort of building yourself, finding a career, no matter mm -hmm. what network you want to build yourself in. I mean, we always talk about on our, we have a Woman of Marvel panel at, at Comic-Con. Mm -hmm. We always talk about in, in the comic community, it's so essential that you find a network of people because they're the people that are going to be like, oh man, we have this, we need, a, we need someone to write a script right now. Like, yeah. in 24 hours. Exactly, yeah. Um, so that's, you know, really important. So everyone listening at home, if you guys <laughs> want to do anything, you know, networking is really important. If it's really what you want to do, just just go for it, yeah. you know? Especially if you're in a position in your life when you don't have maybe a lot of family responsibilities or you don't have a mortgage or whatever. Just just go try it because, you know, you'll never, you'll never regret taking the chance if it's something you want to do. Exactly. That's, that's, that's some great thing. advice. Yes. I, I agree. <laughs> I second that. Uh, Danny, is there anywhere where uh -huh. people can find you on social media? Yes, I have Twitter, at uh, daniellewolf.com, two Fs, Wolf. And uh, that's probably the best place. <coughs> I have Facebook, too. I don't use it as much for work stuff. So it's more of a more to keep in touch with friends and family. But, um, but yeah, Twitter is where I kind of make sure, make sure to let people know about what I'm doing and other interesting stuff that going on with the Marvel world or, or what friends are working on stuff so great um, we'll definitely make sure to post your Twitter and your information when we do a Tumblr post when this goes live awesome um, thanks for joining us this was great thank and you I'm, so I'm much I'm excited to be in New York and um, get to get to see the Marvel offices here so yeah it's yeah. Exciting. It's like <laughs> we're going to take her for a whirlwind <laughs> tour no, after this can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, see you guys all later uh, this is Marvel your universe